Hello, and welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tanya Morgan, and on today's episode, we're going to be delving into the topic of area-wide management of pests. These could be insects, these could be weeds, but we've got a very special guest, and I'd like to welcome Matt Stramiska, who is the consultancy lead with E.E. Muir and Sons. Welcome, Matt. Tell us about yourself and your role, and a little bit about your background, because you're obviously not from the Sunraysia region. I don't know what gave it away. I can't tell if it's my accent <laughs> or what, but no, I'm from Fresno, California. I spent, I don't know, the first decade of my career working with some of the largest horticultural growers there. I owned a small consulting business where we really were focused on minimizing pesticide use by trying to apply knowledge in a practical way. But in 2012, I wound up finding my way into this little place in Northeastern Victoria called Mildura. And it started a journey to understand what it meant for global knowledge and resources to make their way down to the farm level. And so it's led to this opportunity with E.E. Muir, where we've been able to do great work. We've got over a hundred agronomists on staff, all the major horticulture regions, and I get to work empowering them to deliver meaningful value. That's just, that's not just captured in a bottle. I think we have to work together. And I think that's a big part of what I get to do in this role. And uh, I'm fortunate to get to travel around the country and meeting people all the time. And I'm always impressed with what we have here. So how long have you been in Australia now? I moved uh, right before COVID in 2019. We live in Geelong as a family. How do you find the different farming systems in the States versus Australia? Yeah, that's a, a, a very complicated question that I'll probably butcher with simplicity. But <laughs> California is entirely different than the Australian context. Okay. And I think it's worth noting these key differences because it does help us in many ways, but we have to have caution around how much we infer from our overseas counterparts, particularly around these shared issues like weed management or pest management. So firstly, California is a very highly regulated state and all pesticide use is indeed public information. So the level of detail and reporting is intense. Okay. Regardless of any perceived negatives that may be attributed to that regulation, there are certain huge benefits to knowing who, what, where, and when, and how pesticides are used. And then another aspect I think I have to highlight is that the expectations on the California growers are different than in Australia. Yeah. And I think that has unique upsides. I think the growers here are some of the most innovative in the world. In California, the majority of the pesticide expectations lay on agronomists. So I think there's a difference in where efforts are applied by industry, government, and supporting businesses, where how they invest training and knowledge. So in, in California, it's really directed at agronomists who then go back to their many growers and assist with these decision-making processes. And then I think what's easily overlooked is the sheer size. So Australia is huge, but its production is small. So I had one citrus grower that grew more citrus than all of Australia combined. It's the scale just changes how these things work. But I think we're really fortunate because that we have sizable distances between regions, but in California, they're basically border wall to wall. And I think it's important for anyone listening to understand that these area-wide programs, they can be very different depending on some of these factors. So, and I think in Australia, it'll feel more I don't want to use the word organic, but community driven rather than one huge, massive data collection effort that's driven by multitudes of different people. So I think we're going to have to work together differently. In California, are you saying that people 
had to make their herbicide application practices public. Yeah, that's the law. Yeah. That's right. Okay. So yep. everything and everywhere and when and how is reported on. Okay, so that's similar to like quality assurance programs that some people in Australia can do, but they're mainly voluntary at this stage. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. right. I think those things are helpful, but it doesn't change the outcomes at the end of the day. Yeah. I really think, I think where we're at is it's going to be, we're going to have these same truths. And I think it's one farm can throw the work of a thousand others down the drain. And unfortunately, yeah. we can't control that. So we have to be careful with our expectations on the speed at which we're going to be able to get on some of these problematic issues. And I also think that there isn't an individual that is going to choose to do the wrong thing. I think things just go wrong. Yeah. And if you're a grower that's, say, in an area or has a neighbor or an empty paddock or something that, that it looks like it's going the wrong way, um, I, those are opportunities to really pay attention early, to start discussions quickly, and mm -hmm. then adjust accordingly. I just don't believe that success is guaranteed. I think it takes a lot of effort and a lot of community connections. And I think it's a wonderful result, um, but it isn't just, it can't be an assumed result. For people that are listening at home, I ran into Matt at Wait Smart Week in Mildura and we had a day focused on horticulture. Normally, Wheat Smart Weeks focused on broadacre ag, but we had a specific day set aside for horticulture, and there was a presentation on the area-wide weed management program that MSF has been involved with. So really trying to get these concepts of getting industry to work together, getting land managers that are side-by-side side that might have completely different farming systems to work together. And in our case, in the Sunraysia, we're focusing on the control of fleabane and I had a great conversation with you, Matt, about some of the work that you'd done in the States. You'd been working on an area-wide program with managing pests. So this was focused on insect control. So area-wide is not a new concept, but it's a different way of thinking about management. Tell us about your experiences with the insect program. It's what was wildly unpopular decades prior has resulted in massive shifts and improvements. For today, these programs, um, I, I really, I was trying to give it some thought and I cannot think of a single change that hasn't resulted in real improvement to the region. I think looking back, I think, and I still think it exists today. There's fear of change, but I would encourage our growers and our industries to fear stagnation. And I think initially, if I look back to having been mentored by people that have been in the industry for many years, spraying was always seen as a silver bullet. And I just don't think that that's the solution anymore. We just can't spray our way out of these situations. And I think that was a part of the great value that we spark event is it's about an integrated approach. It's about cross-industry collaboration, growers that are not similar crop-wise working together. And so in, in California, I think like I can speak for my growers that I was working with. Many of them saw a reduction of pesticides by 50% of, and a better yeah. quality crop. And I have to say for anyone that would know me that is listening to this, they would they'd shellack me if I didn't say, when you go spray, do it well. How was the concept introduced to those growers in the early days? Yeah, I think if memory serves right, it was a lot by the industries working with the universities. So part of the California context is agronomists are all licensed and insured as an individual, and they're required to continue to get hours of education a year and that is primarily done in group sessions so getting these experts together 
talking about these issues, looking over the research. So it was a lot of outreach and extension work. And then there was accountability to it. I think it's a fortunate situation that California had and will continue to lean on. I don't know what all we can take from that, except for it will take education. Yeah. And Tom, by the sounds, if you're saying that it was introduced a fair while ago and you're saying remarkable changes now, you know, that's decades really. And I must admit, I said the same thing, having worked on the broom rape eradication program back in my early career in the early 2000s, people were placed in quarantine back then to try and get this area-wide management approach and eradicate a weed species. But the changes we've seen now and how people have improved spray practices has been remarkable and it has led to some amazing gains in the region. So I definitely agree with you that whilst there might be a bit of reluctance for people to take part in the early days or they don't understand what they're getting into, the benefits are usually huge. What are the things that you think worked well with that program when you're looking at an area-wide approach? So having those agronomists in the room together in the early days, what are the things that work well for growers? Yes, I remember these meetings we would have, and I don't know if you watch the news or anything, what happens in the United States, but things can be a bit loud at times. And I remember these meetings where we're talking about these things and change is hard. I think what an amazing thing it is that we get to work in a primary industry where we have generations upon generations of families running land. In the States, four or five generations is not uncommon. And I know it's true here and it's a different history, but there's a rich history here with generations of practices. And, and I think that change is probably the thing that I remember most is, is change is hard, but so worth it. And it yeah. doesn't always work, but there's been an attitude shift. I think just, to, I guess in in what I've been exposed to in many of the nations that are growing some of these high value crops is we are under pressure to do more with less. And we have expectations placed on us by the consumers. And these are the types of things that don't have a downside. If we do these things well, everybody wins. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the um, thing to take on board out of all of these programs. You know, it's hard for people to think, what's the benefit of me doing a massive change in practice so that the whole area benefits. It's hard to see how that can improve on your own productivity when you're just trying to stay sustainable and profitable yourself. But I think if we bring it back to the individual and just having this good neighbor approach as a starting point, which is what we're really trying to focus on with the Lebane control and the Sunraji, if you're doing the right thing for yourself in terms of weed control, improving your own production, decreasing chemical use, that has an impact across the farm gate. And what's happening next door as well. Yeah, I'll add to that. I always appreciate the Australian sentiment around this. And I'll, I have the awful ability to do terrible accents, so I won't even try, but <laughs> it's mates taking care of mates. And yeah, I think that definitely. that is something we cannot lose here and it'll continue to work. Yeah, that's right. You might not know every farmer in your district, but you know your next door neighbor. And if you want to do the right thing by them, you're doing the right thing by yourself. Eventually we will get an area-wide management change. So that's something to look forward to. I guess this project here is only in its early days and, you know, these things take time. So I'm very optimistic about where we can head with this sort of stuff, especially based on your experience. How are things going in the States, do you think, with that program? Is it still in existence, do you know? No, it's no longer needed. 
I love United. It's just, it's just standard. It's just done. You don't do it differently now. That, that's how it should be. Absolutely. So we're trying to tackle flea bait in the Sunraysia, and it's been a wet spring, as everybody would know. It's likely to be a challenge for growers managing weeds over the summer and probably fleabane in particular. I haven't been to the Sunraysia for a few months now, but I can imagine that there's probably a massive germination of weeds. What do you think will be important for growers to get the best from their weed management in a tricky spring, summer season? Hmm. I'm going to rattle off a couple of thoughts here. I yeah. think you need to get advice on multi-species cover cropping or intercropping. So for our listeners, that's mixed species and intercropping in a horticultural situation. I think this is a time that if you thought about trying something different, now's a good time to try. Yeah. But the resistance to chemicals is going to tend to show up more in times like this. And I think if you don't know how to identify tolerant weeds, I think there's great ways to get educated on that. And I'd really advise you to get your weeds tested for resistance if you're suspicious. And if you are not calibrating your sprayers, and if you're not putting on new nozzles, you're not running at the right pressure, slower speeds, putting on enough water, and making sure that your coverage is superb, I don't think it'll end well. Our products are fantastic. We've got amazing additives to help penetrate into these hairy weeds. We've got wonderful skills and knowledge throughout most of these regions. I think when it when it really comes down to the nitty gritty, I would just really encourage that when you do go out to do it, prepare to do it well. Some really good advice there for growers. We're going to put some links to some of the work that we've done into the show notes. There's been some great work done in vineyards and citrus. Jump online and log into some of those immersive trials that we've done to show how well some of these herbicides work under optimum application. Anything else you want to add, Matt? Yeah, I'd say have fun. Don't forget what we're doing. Definitely. Yep. And I think sometimes things are bad, but they're often really good. Yeah. Good to see the rain. There's definitely optimism in the region again, so that is is. great. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been tremendous to hear about your experiences, particularly coming from a different region, and we're really looking forward to what we can achieve with this project. Yeah, learning more every day about area-wide weed management. Thanks for joining us. So, If anybody wants to contact me, feel free to give me a call or send me an email. My email is mstermeska at eemir.com.au. And my mobile is 0400-860-426. I'm always happy to talk to people. Fantastic. And we'll put that information in the show notes too. Great. Excellent. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Tanya. This project is supported by the Department of Agriculture, Water and Environment with funding from the Rural R&D for Profit Program, the GRDC and the Cotton RDC. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later.